Welcome to Speak Up. Okay, enough with the uh, weird alliteration. Just testing that. I'll probably do some more weird record, uh, weird recording intros before I'm done with this uh, podcast thing. Uh, my name is Carl. I'm going to be in charge of this particular podcast. Uh, at least this set of podcasts. Um, I'm going to talk today about... Uh, some terms and some language which apparently everybody has forgotten or didn't read in the first damn place when they were in uh, school. Now, I've heard a lot from uh, fascists, communists, um, left and right wing uh, politi- uh, political people. I, I do quite a bit of reading. I do enough reading to, you know, to fill in for three different people. And I think it's funny because uh, I, I do my fair bit, and I'm fairly open-minded about these issues, uh, about politics. And I'm a registered voter, and I also happen to be an independent. So I choose who I want to vote for based on what I want to vote for them for. Um... One thing that really strikes me as odd is partyists. People who are, for instance, Republican because they were raised Republican and they just buy into what leading Republicans and Republican idealists and sympathizers say just because it's been written. I also don't like it when Democrats do the exact same thing. I mean, I absolutely hate this society of, well, just because you found it on the Wall Street Journal or YouTube or Alex Jones means it's correct. Anybody who with a brainstem and who does digs a little deeper into research can find out that Alex and a lot of the Alex Jones stories are meant to are meant to be divisive and all of that. They're very, very uh, alt-right um, conversational topics. And he fits into the alt-right where nationalism and um, all that is alt-right pretty much sinks down to. I mean, the man sells his own male enhancement or male wellness pills that are literally, uh, from my understanding, just a normal multivitamin that he hawks at uh, at infinitum so he can make money off of them. And his researchers aren't really that bright at doing their own research because I have actually looked up their articles or the reports that they found and found that they're baseless and in some cases, decades old. Now, when I mean decades, I'm not talking back to the 70s. I'm talking back to, like, World War II old. But anyway, one of my, uh, one of the people I know on Facebook, for instance, he happens to be a, a Republican Republicanist. He is a partyist. If it's part of the Republican agenda, 
no matter how crappy it is, he goes, he's in for a whole bore. Um, he's a very, uh, um, he's a very passionate debater, but not very good at debating per se. Like, he's thrown out arguments to me, and I repost, I post rebuttals, and he probably assumes that I'm brainwashed, which I'm not, versus him touting crap that I've already heard dozens of times, dozens of times before from people who, do, who cannot do their own research and cannot point out the error in the facts that I'm throwing out. When people throw out the errors in my logic, that actually makes sense to everybody. Okay, I'm going to bow down and agree to you that you might have won that uh, debate. But if you can't, well, you're kind of screwed. Because I'm not going to back down. I will instead poke at your logic with a very small stick. Usually with his arguments, I end up winning in that case because he chooses a rather baseless way to do things. And it's not to say that he's completely incompetent, but the way uh, the way he debates is kind of in, uh, a form of incompetence based on how badly he does it. But, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, next issue here in the alt-right is, um, like, I used to be Republican. I grew up Republican. I grew up in a very pro-Republican household. My dad was Republican. My mom was Republican. Very staunch for republicanism, um, you know, chest thumping, you know, you stand up for the flag, you say the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, all these great things that I, I still have to show my child have to, uh, how to do, and it's not being uber-national or er-nationalistic er or whatever, but um, the thing that turned started turning me from republicanism, or being a republican, was the Tea Party. And in case you haven't guessed it, due to that, I'm also uh, um, anti-union. I do not believe in unionization. And some of you will argue the world uh, to death about that. But I, it's my opinion, if you can't go to your boss and have a thoroughly adult discussion, professional discussion, about your employment, rate of pay, benefits, any of that kind of junk, if you can't do that with your boss at your store, then you probably need to go work somewhere else. Now, I realize that some of you will be like, well, they're a big multinational company, they don't care. Well, some of the biggest companies out there will work with you if you open your damned mouth. You have to use your mouth to verbalize what you're wanting or what you expect versus what they expect it's a negotiation of conversation you converse and negotiate at the same time um, and what, what's really sad about the, the whole uh, economy right now is like when Trump said that he is going to double down on trickle down theory and trickle-down theory, I actually went ahead and researched this for like three days on and off. You know, spending a few hours every day researching trickle-down theory. 
come to find out, trickle-down theory, as we know it, and as it has always been known, has never, N-E-V-E-R, ever worked. Giving a huge corporation, or a multinational corporation, a huge tax break, and then expecting them to pass that on down to their employees directly, it's not going to happen. They'd rather pocket that money, increase their profits, and say, okay, well, our workers don't need it. We need it because we worked hard on maintaining our international conglomeracy. So we deserve all the money. Even though they're not... It's, it's taking, like, the top 50 employees, not even that, to do that. And those are the highest paid employees at that. The ordinary worker sees... Like when I got, oh, when his tax uh, breaks went into effect, I gained a whole $150. A whole $150. That's what I got out of it. Versus um, the heads of the companies who got, uh, when, say um, your company makes a lot of money and you have, let's say, 5,000 employees and you get, Let's, for the life of it, say you get $5 million back. Well, when you, when those 5,000 employees only get, like, not even $100 back, not even that, because I've seen people, I, I, I had some friends who thought they were going to come out great with trickle-down theory because they actually believed in it. When they got their check and that bonus was on it, they were left dumbstruck because, you know, some of these people had been in the same job 15, 20 years, and they got maybe $100. I know one person who got 20 bucks out of the tax break. But you go to the head of the company, and they got a multi-million dollar paycheck, and, oh, yeah, we need to, pa oh, you need to pass some of this down to your employees. Okay, well, how the hell is that supposed to work, you know? But I'm going to digress on that point. Then we have the argument right now of everybody's arguing fasc uh, fascism and confusing fascism and communism. Now, here's where the alt-right is messed up in. Fascism is complete government control of everything. You know, they dictate what you can do, when you can do it, all this other crap. Communism is... Everybody follows the same rules, and if you make, if you if you own a company and you make like seven billion dollars, and your employees have worked on this, and you get uh, you get benefits off of it. If it if it sells a lot, you get seven billion dollars for the work you've done, or your company does. You have to share that with. Your, all the employees equally. You have to share it ecumenically across the board because that's what communism is. Or at least for the most part. That's, well, you could say it's socialism rather than communism. Socialism is sharing the wealth with everybody. So I guess I would stand corrected on that. So those of you who are, who are, uh, uh, Biting your tongue and wondering what the hell. Yeah, I'm human. I make mistakes. I correct it as soon as I realize it. 
You also have to remember I suffer from PTSD, so making a podcast is a bit of a nerve-wracking experience, and I have to keep my thoughts on point, which is a bit of a, a challenge, considering I spend so much time debating people and then reading articles, and uh, I'm talking, I read a lot of stuff. If I took all that time, and all the time from listening to podcasts and reading articles that um, everybody wants me to read, I would literally never get anything done. I have a child to take care of, that's why I'm doing the podcast. So it's easier. It also doesn't help I have two dogs at, uh, in the house too. So if you hear whining or barking, that's from them, and no one will bark at anything that moves. But um, let's take this at pace. Fascism is a bad thing. And then you got nationalism, which, you know, here, here's the funniest part. When Charlotte, North Carolina happened, when that alt-right neo-Nazi slammed into people, yes, I'm controlling my language, he mowed over dozens of people and killed one. And because... Trump had white nationalist neo-Nazi alt-right supporters, very high-end supporters. He was saying he was saying there were fine people on both sides. Well, I don't see a racist, a white nationalist, and biological racist being a fine person. They may show themselves as being a fine person to all outward appearances, but. If you're going to be a fascist neo-Nazi, I don't think you're a fine person. I think you're a bit of a, a, a crazy, uh, a crazy individual, you might say. Now, the true under uh, the true underpinnings uh, of this is Trump said that, and instead of coming right out and saying, "Well, they're terrorists. They're very bad people." No, he took the uh, the conservative route, the Republican conservative route and said that there were just good people and bad people on both sides. Okay, well, the protesters that were mowed over by the idiot in the car, they were protesting because of a neo-Nazi uh, white nationalism march or rally that was taking place, which they are allowed to do. They're allowed to protest. They had all the stuff they were supposed to have. The people who were who people who were throwing the white nationalism rally, they had the uh, I guess they had the proper stuff to hold a rally, but so did the protesters. And the guy driving the car who mowed over people and killed one, I don't recall Pete, you needing to buy a policy to mow people over and kill them. I believe that just makes you a a piece of shit basically. And I'm not trying to overly swear or intentionally swear, but when you're that kind of uh, person, I really do have to feel. For, I really do not feel for you when something bad happens to you. Do I? And do I advocate violence? No. But I also don't advocate stupidity either. Now, speaking of all that, here's some other words. I've used the word demagogue, and some people have hounded me about using big words like demagogue. Demagogue is not that big a word. Demagogue and pander are hand-in-hand, hand, literally almost identical words. 
almost, but not quite. Their definition is a little, uh, slightly different. Just like uh, saying you're a political expert and then saying you're a pundit. P-U-N-D-I-T. A pundit is somebody who proclaims to have expertise in a given subject or field. Like Bill O'Reilly, pretty much anybody who uh, talks about politics on Fox News or uh, CNN, all those political people, they are pundits. And I, uh, the part I find entertaining is all hell is everybody said that uh, all these pundits, all of them, said that Trump wasn't going to win. There's no way he could win. And when he won, okay, well, you're an expert on politics, but you can't predict this. And since Trump got elected, they have been sadly, sorely, and sh unwaveringly wrong about half the crap that's come out of the White House since Trump took over. I'm not going to just bash Trump on my podcast. I'm going to bash everybody who's in the wrong, or who I can see as being in the wrong. So, that being said, it's, it's a little weird. But, um, yeah, then you, uh, so you have the word pundit, which is, an, which is supposedly an expert in a given field. And no, somebody who is, for example, and this person will probably figure this out just from this reference alone. A friend of mine told me that a pundit, or this economist, said that we're going through a recession. That a recession is imminent because the Democrats have made it happen, and so is the uh, mainstream media. Okay, for being a pundit and everything else, or for being a, a, a so-called economist, the person saying this was a venture capitalist. Hold on one moment. Take care of something. Sorry about that. I wasn't trying to uh, make a lot of dead air, honestly. My kid, you get that. Okay. Now, where was I? Yeah, that's the, the problem with memory issues. Oh, give me just one moment. Trying to get, uh, trying to get my thoughts back together. Yeah, I guess doing that uh, broke my uh, train of concentration. But okay, we got we got uh, pundits. Um, I, then you have demagogues, and the thing with demagogues is if you look up the word, if you look these words up, that's where I'm pulling the words from. I literally looked them up that way in case some idiot decided to challenge me. Well, here's the thing. I am an expert reader. I tend to t uh, I read. A, I I tend to normally read a little slower than everybody who just scans for what they need. That way, I get the full context. Now, with demagogues, demagogues do something called pandering. Now, as an example of this, after World War One, Germany fell into a state of recession, and 
he started preaching uh, uh, socialism or workers party which is socialism uh, it was part socialism part communism because he was taking power but he wanted you know workers rights and all this other crap which is communism but he went ahead and uh, made it he it started becoming more fascist for the bigger they got oh yeah my mind's just going from one subject to the other before I even make it there now okay yeah I got it back now with the with this supposed economist who's a venture capitalist a venture capitalist is not an economist a venture capitalist uh, capitalist who observes trends nationwide for their own business purposes is not an economist an economist tracks nationwide trends for money businesses all that kind of stuff not which businesses what are they doing what are they selling a venture capitalist doesn't look at the whole wide market and just take the whole drink in and make an assumption on starting a business or investing in a business based on a nationwide trend of vagities. The venture capitalists make assumptions based on specific markets where specific products can, will, or should be sold. How do I know this? I've been a venture capitalist. I've invested in uh, in various companies and when I was a part of them they were doing very well just like I've discovered that you can have you when it comes to uh, working someplace you need to have two brains you need to have your own personal brain that you can have your thoughts and opinions in then you need to have the business brain meaning think of it as if it was your company what would you do and you can't be bleeding hard if you're gonna make money if you're gonna make money and I'm not talking the asshole kind of money. I'm talking the kind of money that, you know, okay, we need to make this company profitable and not just bow to the employees, nor can I become a tyrant. It's you started the business to do what you love and to make money at it. If you start not loving it and you start having to be a fascist dictator at your job, if you're the boss, then it's no longer... Uh, something you, you're probably no longer in doing what you love and there are various issues with that but again like I like I was saying yeah that's why I told this person that um, I told my friend that you cannot have a venture capitalist who's a who's an economist an economist can be a venture capitalist but they cannot if they're if they're speaking from the capital investment side they can't speak as an economist an economist is very different than a venture capitalist and people who fail to realize that are just lost another uh, now demagogue is somebody who works up a, who somebody who can work up a crowd by pandering telling them what they want to hear which is saying all, all immigrants are bad all people who don't believe in the same thing we do are evil and corrupt and deserve to be beat the crap out of and yes Trump at his rallies was inciting violence in fact he encouraged it the people who say no he wasn't I've actually watched footage of his rallies and not out of context we're talking in context but 
like Kellyanne Conway and the former speaker, uh, the former uh, press secretary for the White House, were spin doctors because they tried to put the best possible spin on it. You know, oh, he didn't do this, or he was trying to do that, just like when he said he didn't, in, just like when he started the uh, uh, go back home, or he, he may not have started it, but he sure as hell encouraged it by not saying anything. When all those people at his rally were saying, go back home, and he stood there basking in the crowd, basking in it, and it lasted 13 seconds. Now, when they started chanting it, he could have easily said, hold on, hold on, we're not doing this. We are Americans. We are better than that. No, what did he do? He basked in it for 13 seconds. He stood there with his look like he was proud of everybody being uh, a racist, xenophobic bigot. And then started talking. He didn't, well, I wish they would have stopped. I stopped it as fast as I could. No, you just shut up and basked in the glory of it. Okay, now, pandering is telling people what they want to hear, which means uh, pretty much if you've got a bunch of racist, moronic, xenophobic, homophobic, transphobic, uh, community-phobic, anti-community-ridden uh, idiots, then, yeah, if you're pandering to them, it's going to sound very bleak to the rest of us. And I don't agree with that. But again, words and context are very important. Like, and this is not to pick on the Christians, but I have to go here anyway. The friend who I've been talking about, uh, when I argue with him about politics, he starts uh, crabbing me about the Bible. And I mean, he lays it on real thick. Well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. Okay, the Bible says that shall not lay in a bed with another man in the manner you lay in with a woman. Okay, that's... That was the powder for the Kool-Aid. I'll give you that. And it comes from the Old Testament, as do our Ten Commandments. No, I'm not saying that the Ten Commandments are an evil thing. But here's another uh, here's another argument for it, or with it. People use the Bible to say homosexuality and all this other crap is a sin. Okay, well, the Articles of Confederation, that's what came before the Constitution, the Articles of Confederation said some certain things. When the Constitution came around, the Constitution replaced the Articles of Confederation. So when the sovereign citizen crap, when the, so when the sovereign citizen movement says, well, this is, the, uh, this is an Article of Confederation right here, it says that I'm a traveler, not a driver, blah, 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 blah. As soon as the Constitution was ratified and passed, the Articles of Confederation became a bunch of historical pieces of paper that were defunct. They no longer applied. The Articles of Confederation were a basis. They aren't the laws now. The Constitution is our law now. Now, in comparison to the, in comparison to the Bible, we have the Old Testament, whichever we you know, Ten Commandments. We get uh, that holds all the laws and all this other uh, all this other stuff. And this isn't an organized indictment of religion, so don't get that wrong. I'm merely making a point, a very valid logical point. In the New Testament, 
to paraphrase it properly, Jesus said that you are living under uh, that you are you are living in my grace now. All the other laws, all the other rules and laws are now defunct. So, and the reason I make a comparison with the Constitution, with uh, the Bible, is because the Old Testament is like the Articles of Confederation. They were the law. Okay, I get that. I'm okay with acknowledging that that used to be the law. As of the New Testament and Jesus saying... You live under my grace. That means he died on the cross for your sins. So if you accept him as your savior, it doesn't matter if you're wearing mixed clothing because he already paid for that. Straight the hell up. He already paid for that with his own blood. And no, I'm not going to get neo-religious on you. I'm just pointing it out. Just like with the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution. People of sovereign citizens are using the... Articles of Confederation, and then when you present, when you when you tell them that it went defunct because of the ratification of the Constitution of the United States of America, they argue because that well they didn't sign that social contract. No, but without it, you still would be in a bad position. And I'm sorry, but you, you stating that you can make your own name and all this other nonsense. Well, I don't need a driver's license to do this, do that, do the other. To, to drive a car legally, you have to have a license. Okay? That's just the way that is. And calling yourself a traveler, not a driver. Well, if you're behind the wheel of a car and you are, in fact, directing the steering wheel, that makes you a driver. And no, I'm not anti-government, I'm not anti-thinking. I am, in fact, per, uh, in favor of thinking, period. I, I love having a well-rounded debate with intelligent discourse and valid logical points. Even if they are faith-based, still, I, I respect that. I'm okay with it. Um... It's just like when people were on... Right now, right now, people are arguing the religious right of others. Like, oh, well, they have the religion... Like, the whole cake-baking thing. Uh, and uh, my, um, uh, a meme I had a few years ago made a huge great point about say, it took you forever to call. <laughs> I know, you interrupted a podcast. <laughs> I ain't wor- I'm not worried about it. I was wondering where the hell you were going to call. Shit. So what Maureen say about you not feeling good? Nothing. Because everybody wants you uh, to fucking save a buttload of money when they don't need to save all that money. Oh. Yeah, well, I know the feeling. I remember the last time I was sick of the Home Depot. I had the flu for a fucking week, and everybody and their mother called the fuck in. So I had, uh, you remember how many people I covered that week? That's why I think it's funny, because everybody's like, well, I had, to do, I had to go through this, like, bitch, I had to bike to work with the flu and spend the entire week working with it while everybody else called out, called in, and didn't show the fuck up. And then after I get done with it, 
And Mike asks why, uh, why my performance was starting to slip. Well, I had the flu all fucking last week. Why the fuck do you think my, uh, I couldn't move as fast? After I told Mike I had the flu, oh, you did? Why didn't you? I did report it. I told all of management that I had the flu. You think they gave a crap? Fuck no. Well, we don't have anybody to cover you. That's because they all called in early. And I have to bike here. They have a car. And none of them got the flu except for me. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I think Maureen needs to pull her head out of her ass. But, you know, that's what happens when you guys throw a fucking... uh, I don't know why you guys have so many damn sales going on all the time. Well, you need to get some Gatorade in you, dear, all right? Get some Gatorade, find something cheap to eat, and keep yourself going, all right? Well, I'm hoping so, because the way uh, if what you told me on your way to work is any indication, you may not be able to work your whole shift. I hope you do, but Maureen got to pull her head out of her ass to notice that you're not feeling all right, you know? Yeah, that that could be a very bad thing. I'm not sure, but it could be a very bad thing. Because you pass out at work, uh, you pass. If I find out you pass out at work, me and Maureen are gonna have words. Dear, again, if you end up having to go to, the, if you end up passing out or going to the hospital, me and Maureen are gonna have words. Because I don't give a shit what her sales goals are. If you're sick and you can, if you're sick and to the point where you cannot work, why the fuck are you there? Well, because she needs you. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, and Marina's supposed to be uh, compliant with that, and. Her being too busy to pay attention to the fact that you're sick and coughing and everything like that tells me a lot about uh, uh, how stupid everybody else is. Because you may not be able to work your entire shift. Because you sound like shit over the phone. You'd think Maureen would catch on to that, but I'm guessing she's over in furniture. What, she going to spend the entire day doing fucking paperwork on a holiday when you guys are getting slammed? Get yourself something to eat and drink, all right? All right, try to finish out the day, uh, your day, babe. If you can't, let me know. All right. Love you. Bye-bye. Goddamn, woman. Really inconvenient. Okay. Sorry about that. My wife called in. She's sick dealing with, uh, trying to be at work and sick because everybody apparently wants to go out and shop their balls off uh, until they drop on this holiday. Um, yeah.
let's see, where was I? Um, or where should I continue here? Um, let's see. Well, I look at I, I look at a lot of things like the issues I've discussed of what's right and wrong. Like with the uh, I was with the I was probably talking about the Bible and um, the Bible versus the constitution uh, and the Constitution, the similarities. The reason I brought that whole argument up or that whole comparison up is because when people point out the Bible about being gay or trans or whatever, well, the, uh, the Bible, te uh, technically the Bible, as of Jesus stating it, means that the Ten Commandments and everything it says in the Old Testament is in fact just a history book of what used to be, the rules you used to follow, kind of like the Articles of Confederation. I can go into a police station right here and now and claim something from the Articles of Confederation and then do something that the Articles of Confederation would allow me to do, but the Constitution does not. And the cops in turn would arrest me stating the Constitution and local and state laws. Their points made, my point falls to being a pile of dog fart. Doesn't count for anything, doesn't work. Now, um, I, I really find it alarming how people use language inappropriately. And I'm, I'm not talking about cussing. I'm talking about the human ability to, when people, because I've run into people that said they're well-educated and use the language of a goddamn three-year-old, or worse. I get the need to swear. I do, because I do... Uh, normally, I swear a lot because, in fact, there's not a whole lot to do. Uh, when I when I converse with somebody, if I converse at my full level, my full conversational level, most people do not understand what I'm saying. Can't even comprehend half the words. They have to go and look. The, they have to. Uh, I've had to some people record the conversations and then look the words up afterwards because they do not understand the language that I'm using. And I'm sure plenty, uh, a few of you have felt like that. The difference between me being misunderstood and, say, some of the more, uh, let's say, uh, Republican-style people that I've run into is they claim they're not being understood. No. For me, the difference is, is I'm using language more complex than they've ever used in their life, and they've only read the words that I've used in a dictionary as to where I can verbalize and contextualize the words I'm saying. And they are just misunderstood because they want to have uh, hold a certain ideal in their speech, in their words. They're hoping that, no, that everybody gets the fact that they're, uh, they're uh, rather bizarre ideologies in speech. I'm not hoping anybody gets mine. If I talk, if I, if I use words that you flat out do not understand, I implore you, get a dictionary, sync up with uh, of, uh, the vernacular, and grow your vocabulary. I, I'm a very pro-reading advocate. And uh, just like with the people who cherry-pick, people who cherry-pick uh, things out of, the, out of the Bible, I think they're just as guilty as everybody else because 
when you cherry pick, you take you take things out of context and put it into your con the context of your particular argument, which I don't particularly like. I don't particularly like, but that's the way life goes here. Hold on one moment, folks. We've got to take care of something real fast. Okay, sorry about that interruption. But yeah, the language you use can, can be uh, very good depending on what context you take it. Like, I know people who will who will sit and debate with me in intellectual debate and logical debate and debate points from the Bible. Okay, I get that. The, the problem is, is when somebody throws a Bible verse at me and it's out of context of what we're speaking about or a point trying to be made. When people do that, it really irritates the hell out of me. Because when you cherry pick the information to suit your point without actually using the information in context, you're misusing the information. You are, in fact, uh, giving out misinformation, which is the whole point of words, is to convey information. Um, and yes, the, the great George Carlin understood language and context better than 99% of people alive today. I really do love it when he get, when he was waxing philosophically about everything because he did make a point and if you tried to argue it you were kind of left searching for words because your vocabulary didn't atrophy his. You couldn't filibuster his logic. You could try but you'd fail. This guy spent a fair amount of time studying the syntax of the words he was using and the meaning. So taking them all into context, his logic was near unbeatable. And that's what, uh, that's one reason I hate people who cherry pick. Well, this book says this, like, you know, I, I, I spend time watching the, seven, uh, uh, the commercials for the 700 Club. And I usually, went, by the time they've done, made a video, by the time they are promoting a video for something that's going to be on their program, I've already looked into it. For weeks done the research know the stuff and then they go off and well this article's about this and then I listened to a few minutes of it's like okay this is not right this was taken out of context this person cherry-picked the information they wanted just to fit their narrative because they're not being journalists at that point they're being storytellers and not good ones either they're creating a false uh, a false journalistic uh, viewpoint for a story. They're creating a falsehood or a misinformation that leads you to believing the same outcome they wanted you to have from the get-go. That's why I advocate free thought and reading, and uh, you can t often tell slanted reading from the viewpoint that the person takes during conversation during the conversational debate. It's very easy. It's radically easy. I got at least two friends who can't argue to save their butt. One can't argue to save his butt and does a magnificent job of letting you know 
he doesn't know as much as you do. Like, he argues the point to try to gain knowledge about it and various things like that. There's another one. He debates, or he makes points, and then he expects you to just read and blindly follow what he's taken for granted as fact. When, in fact, a free-thinking person does not do this. They look into the... Uh, they look into the articles, uh, or into the article, read it in context, and then look up the facts that have been presented. And if the facts have been cherry-picked, it becomes very evident because they've got a string of sentence statements towards their point that when you take the statements that they've cherry-picked in con into context, they don't add up to what the person was initially trying to convey as the point. Okay, now enough of that. Um, I'm not sure what my next one's going to be about, but, um, yeah, y'all throw me a line, throw me, uh, tell me what you think. Um, what should I wax melodical about next time? I could talk about music, arts. Um, right now I've got a few people waiting on me to come up with some stuff for artwork, for possibly doing another tattoo. Um, my friend fish lips he and me do a podcast that's the fish lips and chrome dome podcast i'm chrome dome but i'm not going to use that on this podcast because this is my own personal podcast but we're going to be doing a podcast here soon and it's going to be about facebook memes and such like that uh, a lot of facebook content you, if you guys listen to it, you probably laugh your ass off but i'm not sure what the next podcast here is going to be about but you know that's the beauty of being me. I don't uh, generally. I plan it. I plan this podcast out like five minutes before I started it, and I'm pretty good at doing research uh, real quick because I'm a fast reader. But that's gonna be all for this time, and I will be sharing this on where uh, wherever it happens to be popping up at. I will share what platforms it'll be on when I find out. And you guys have a great day, and remember, just think for yourselves. Just because uh, Fox News, CNN, just because you see it on the TV doesn't make it true. You need to do some research, explore some facts, do all that. Don't take the president's word for damn sure. Just because he says the sky's purple doesn't mean it's purple. Alright, you guys. Think fast, think free, think clear, and above all, be nice to each other. Alright, peace out.